The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks, your climate focused podcast produced by the team at RepublicEN.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, and just a programming note this is our last episode before Thanksgiving. We are taking a few weeks off from the podcast, and then we'll be back in your ears on December, December 7th with the remainder of season three. With all that said, happy Thanksgiving. But before you pull out those pie recipes, today's episode features Nick Johnson and Jim Wallace from the Lake County Resources Initiative. They are two dedicated East Oregonians who are looking for the common ground needed to address climate change in their rural forestry and ag-based community. During the episode, they're going to talk about the role that renewables can play. And while we didn't get a chance to talk about their recent report... The Lake County Resources Initiative just jointly released a greenhouse gas inventory of activities and sequestration practices in their area. We will link this report in the show notes. Also of note, Nick and Jim are featured in a short documentary, The Other Side of the Hill, which is something you should check out. It's 30 minutes. It's really eye-opening. And now, my conversation with Nick Johnson and Jim Wallace. Welcome back, listeners. As promised, I'm here in conversation with two gentlemen from Eastern Oregon. I have Nick Johnson and Jim Wallace, who we met. Um, if you were part of our webinar, it feels like it was a month ago. It was probably a couple months ago. Um, they were featured in the film on the other side of the hill. They do a lot of outreach to rural communities on climate change and sustainability. And I'm just so thrilled to have them on the show. Nick, Jim, thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. We enjoy it. And it's an important topic. Very important topic. So I thought that for those of our listeners who did not participate in the webinar, and listeners, if you want to go back and look at the webinar, it is on our website, and I will put a link in the show notes. But for those who were not part of that or who haven't seen your film, I thought you could just give us a little of the background, who you are, how these issues became so important to you, and how you use your voice in rural community, in the rural community that you live in. Uh, yeah, you want to start us off, Jim? Yeah, I'm, I'm the founding director of Lake County Resources Initiative. Nick's, of course, the current director. And when I came on, we were uh, we brought on to facilitate a collaborative uh, between force industry and environmental groups because we're in lawsuits all the time. And we did that collaboration and made great results and uh, came to common agreements and the sawmill here is still there. Well, when we looked at doing these more thinnings to cut down fuel loads and stuff and not cut such large trees, you know, that compromise we made with the environmentalists, we go, what are we gonna use this for? We got all this small stuff. So we started thinking about an energy plan around biomass and then we have all kinds of geothermal here. And we have one small backscatter rate, uh, site that was for detecting missiles coming in from Russia or overseas, and it could have solar. So we thought one solar, you know, so we wrote this plan to do renewable energy. It was an economic development strategy. 
And when we got done with it, we started thinking, wow, what would that do to climate change? And the county commissioners, the town of Lakeview, city of Paisley, all agreed. Let's, they adopted the renewable energy plan. And then they said, let's, we looked at this plan to see if we could offset all our carbon emissions, the abiotic emissions. And we came up with this plan and they adopted that. We started down that road. And it was a road, I got to be honest, it was based on economic development. You know, it was based on what can we, how can we improve this rural community? Because we're a long ways from nowhere. Well, and I think that's a really um, important distinction that many people don't realize is that there is great economic development potential out of clean energy and sustainability. And and I sort of see it as a very holistic approach to problem solving. So when you said, we're going to put the solar arrays here and we're going to have the biomass here, I mean, it's really using everything that you have at your disposal. Well, I was just going to say that uh, that is correct. It is using the resources in a sustainable manner. Uh, and, and we need to use them because when we... And we don't want to change this. When we start putting out fires, forest overgrew, and we get these big fires now. So managing in a sustainable manner is appropriate. Well, I was going to ask, are you guys in the part of the U.S. that seems to have annual wildfires, which, um, you know, I know can be really devastating and has been devastating over the last several years to many Western states? Yeah, wildfires are a huge issue here in Lake County. Um, you know, we had the Boot Lake fire this last summer. It was over over 500,000 acres. It was a massive wildfire. wildfire. Um, we had two more after that, both of, both of which put me on level two evacuation at my home. I think Jim was put on level two evacuation as well at his home. So, you know, these catastrophic wildfires are, are really front and center um, in the discussion, in the conversation. Um, and, and, you know, all of our program areas and all of our focus as an organization, it relates back to that, you know, both forest management um, and renewable energy development and particularly, um, you know, the the point where those two topics cross over. So that's where we're, we're, we're really trying to focus a lot of our energy and efforts um, and take a holistic approach to environmental health um, and mitigating climate change in a way that is, um, ecologically beneficial, but economically beneficial as, as we've already talked about a little bit. Right. So would you say that these wildfires are more of a newer phenomenon that you've been, you know, this isn't what Jim, maybe you were dealing with 20 years ago or so, and you were thinking more about, um, and I don't know if it was, it. there was an owl issue, right? I, I grew up in California when I was little, and I remember there being something with a spotted owl or some sort of owl and the Oregon loggers. And I don't know if this is something that you're smiling, listeners, I can see um, on the Zoom that Jim is nodding his head. So um, I know that there are many different ways that people who use the land and environmentalists can cross hairs. And I, but I do recall that that was something from my childhood that I remember hearing about. Yeah, the spotted owl was really a Western Oregon issue. Okay, not an and you're Eastern Oregon. Okay. And I was working in Western Washington and working with uh, University of Washington and others on spotted owl in mitigation over there when I got an opportunity to basically come back home and do, do mitigation here and start LCRI. And that's why I came back here. But we don't have the spotted owl here, but we had other issues, size of trees and other issues of concern with the environmental community. So we were having lawsuits also here. And I think anytime you're in a lawsuit situation, nobody wins, right? Because you're tied up in court. 
neither side is getting what they want. So when you can come together and find areas of compromise, it's good for both sides. Most definitely. It, uh, when you can sit down and mutually discuss something without uh, losing your temper, which is tough, <laughs> and, and listen to the other person's point of view and discuss your point of view and then find some place that you're both in agreement. And it's not an easy task. That's a tough task. Well, and, and that was one of the questions that I wanted to ask you guys, because I feel like right now there's so much discord in the country, right? And, and people tend to, I feel like we're butting heads, you know, we're, our fuses are shorter and we're butting heads kind of more violently than we have in the past on issues. So when you're going into a community or you're talking about what you do, how do you, how do you build and maintain trust with people who you might see things different, who might see things differently than you, maybe because they're on the environmental side, or maybe they're even, you know, on a different side than you are, you know, how do you find those pathways forward? Yeah. And, you know, we, we approach that pretty regularly um, in our work and a lot of the, the strategies that I implement, I learned from Jim and, and the folks that came before me, but really it's walking into those conversations and being willing to learn and being willing to listen. Um, it seems like a lot of those issues and a lot of that butting head stems from just misunderstanding on both sides. Um, so letting, you know, the opposite side of the table speak their piece um, and, and listen, but, you know, also using that opportunity to share and educate folks on the other side of the table about what we're seeing here on the ground to squash some of that misunderstanding um, or, or misconceptions um, is really kind of the place that we approach it from, but from a place of respect and listening as well. Um, and like Jim said, not getting angry. Um, and there's nothing wrong with disagreement, um, but, but you can still be respectful about disagreement um, and still make sure that everybody um, has their voice heard for sure. So what is something, Nick, that you're working on right now that you're really um, proud of that you um, would like other rural communities or other areas to potentially look at and maybe try to replicate? Yeah, so I mean, the whole renewable energy program really does have a ton of benefits for rural communities. Um, and when we talk about renewable energy, we need to make sure that we talk about the different scales of renewable energy. Um, you know, there's there's utility scale projects, these projects that cover hundreds or you know thousands of acres as far as like solar goes. Um, and then there's small scale projects like rooftop stuff that, that directly benefits um, local business owners, local ranchers, um, and helps them adapt to a, a changing climate. So I, I would really encourage other rural communities to look at renewable energy in whatever scale. Um, and consider that as a way to, to boost the economy and, and build the economy and protect the way of life that people have had for generations and generations. Um, it's, it's a versatile tool that can be used in a lot of different applications and te technology continues to increase um, and we continue to learn new things about it. So I would really encourage other you know, rural communities to consider renewable energy and the benefits from that uh, for sure. And so I'd like you, to, oh, if I can, yeah. Nick's done really great with LCR since gone to businesses and homes and doing audits because it's not just putting in renewable energy it's energy efficiencies too to make a tremendous change and in a business that means dollars and more profit i mean so it's economic development plus it's home savings 
uh, you know, I'm retired. I don't want to pay higher bills. I want to pay lower bills, you know, so. <laughs> oh, we all, yes. <laughs> renewable or energy efficiencies can accomplish that for me. Yeah, very, very important point to make with energy efficiency there, you know, um, looking at renewable energy, there's always a cost, you know, utility scale or rooftop scale or, or really inner, any energy development has a cost, but um, energy efficiency is often overlooked. And that's the only no cost or no conflict way to, to reduce your overhead um, and to conserve energy. So that's a really important part of the conversation as well. So thanks for bringing that up, Jim. We're energy optimists and climate realists. Stand with us at republicen.org. Now back to this week's episode. Yeah, and, and I would say actually here in Washington, energy efficiency is something that is really has been bipartisan over the last decade or, decade or so when it comes to federal policies, because it is seen as the low hanging fruit. And you just said it doesn't require a costly installation of something. It's really just kind of tightening the screws, right? And for example, in my own home, I know what windows I need to have replaced because in the winter, they're letting the cold air in, which isn't so bad. We have pretty mild winters, but in the summer when it's so hot and my AC is running all the time and I walk by this one window in my kitchen that I just cannot get closed all the way and I walk by it and it's almost like an oven door is open, right? I can yeah. feel the leakage coming in and I know that I need to do that and I know my electricity bill will go down once I get that fixed. So yeah, it is, you know, at a personal level and at the, you know, business level, corporate level, an ease, you know, easy in quotes way to, um, to start tackling the problem, you know, to start tackling a problem of, of energy and um, wait, you know, nobody wants to waste. And I think that that is another, another element that you bring from your experiences with the land, right. Is that you don't want to leave anything to waste. Absolutely. Whether it's the energy flowing out your window or it's, you know, what Jim was saying earlier about biomass and using trees. And so tell us our, tell our listeners, like how, how big of a portion of this state are you working in at LCRI? Is it kind of a tiny portion or a little bit bigger? Yeah. So historically we had really just focused on Lake County mm -hmm. um, or Lake County resources initiative. And that is really our primary focus. We're here for the, to benefit and support um, this county. Um, over the past couple of years, um, you know, through outreach and, and connections we've made with the film and op other opportunities that presented themselves, um, we've we've taken a more statewide approach in some of our work. Um, and right now, like one of the programs that we're offering is renewable energy project development assistance uh, to ag producers and rural business owners across the entire state. Um, and we're doing that in partnership with multiple other entities and organizations here in Oregon that are supporting that work and supporting what we have going on here at LCRI. Um, so for some of our stuff, we're, we're working on a statewide level, but again, really our focus is on Lake County, um, you know, and there's crossover certainly with Klamath County, our adjacent neighbor to the West. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there's a, you know, um, uh, I guess some different scales that we're working at, but primarily we really like to focus on, on our area uh, and Lake County. So since the film came out, um, have you had other regions reach out to you for kind of your template, your model, how you got things going? Oh, most certainly. Um, we have conversations pretty frequently with folks, not just in Oregon, um, you know, in urban parts of the state, but across the country as well. Um, we've connected with folks all over the country. We've probably done 30 40 plus screenings over the past year 
um, with different groups around the country, all the way from the East Coast to the South, to the Midwest, to Intermountain West, I mean, all over. So that's been really great. Uh, it's been awesome to make those new connections and just have conversations with folks and learn more about what's going on in different areas. Um, you know, and, and the work that Jim did really set the stage for that. Um, you know, the work with renewable energy as an economic driver, pretty darn innovative. And it, it was something very new. And it's something that I think a lot of other communities and a lot of other places are trying to emulate. So if any of our listeners wanted to, oh, sorry, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say the film's original purpose was to show the West side and the East side. You mentioned the divide and the more hostile environment out there now. That, that's been side of a West East side of Oregon type of thing, too. And the original purpose was to bring those two sides to have a better understanding of what, uh, you know, the east side was offering in not just Lake County, but in Stevens County and Wallowa County. And it did that. I can't believe the connections and the people I talked to. I never thought I'd talk to some of those people, you know, (laughs) and we're having good conversations. So it did that purpose. And we need more of that, right? We need more uniting, less dividing and Um, If it's this film that is helping um, make that happen, I think that's great. If somebody's listening and they want to host a screening, what should they do? How would they do that? Yeah, so they can reach out to us. Um, You can find my email address through our website, lcri.org. And I can just say it on here. It is nick.johnson at lcri.org. Um, and if there is interest in hosting a screening, just shoot me an email or, you know, go to our website and find our office number and just give me a call. Uh, and we can go from there to help help set that up and help coordinate a screening and a panel. I mean, I just excited. think that the, the farther the farther we can get this message out, the more widespread we can get your message and your efforts for other people to learn from, then, you know, we all benefit. Right. Whether we're on the East or West Oregon or East or West United States, wherever you are, there's I feel like there's something for everybody. And and the film itself is about 30 minutes. Right. 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 About 30 minutes. Pretty short, um, pretty quick, but uh, has been successful in, in, you know, being a platform for conversations with groups with, uh, you know, coming from different perspectives, for sure. So before I let you go, what makes you feel optimistic about the future right now? For me, what makes me feel optimistic is that um, there's just so much interest and so much focus um, on stewarding the environment and supporting healthy economies and supporting healthy communities. Um, And, you know, I guess folks just on a broader scale seem to be recognizing that that we're all in this together. Um, And this, you know, climate change um, is something that affects us all. And we all we all benefit from a healthy, healthy environment and healthy economies. Um, so seeing people come together over that and really put that front and center, regardless of their background or their perspectives, is something that makes me feel really optimistic. They too. You know, while the emphasis in Lake County in the film was on the solar primarily development, uh, but with the geothermal, and then when you look at the future, what's called cross-laminated timber and the savings to the climate on that, and now Japan's done a study on it, and it's, it's got earthquake capabilities so it allows urban areas building high-story buildings to have a revenue where they can't put out solar farms you know but they could do other things there's a lot of things coming online i just read a research paper about a new white paint that reflects something i don't know what it was 10 times (laughs) what uh, any other white paint does and you know 
I think the future, as humans, we can be brilliant. Mostly brilliant. And I, that's the positive side that I got, that we will work on this and get this solved. I mean, it's a great time to be alive, right? Innovation happens, you know, faster than we can blink. And I'm always really grateful for the people out there that are trying to find those solutions. I'm grateful for people like you that are working with your communities and with the resources you have on hand to share a message about sustainability and that economic development and um, environmental protection can go hand in hand. And um, so I think that this is all stuff that we need to be more aware of. And, and I, you know, if I'm just going to answer my own question, I would say as the younger, I'm the mom of a couple of teenagers. Well, I guess one's not a teenager anymore. He just turned 20, but uh, you know, they get it right. That there's no question for them. The cl climate's changing and we got to do something about it and, and trying to find their own thing that they can do and not seeing it as a problem that is, you know, I, I think it can seem so abstract in a way and almost too big to have any kind of personal responsibility over. And that is not the way that generation thinks at all. So um, with all those elements together, I think maybe we'll do it, guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope so, too. Well, listeners, if you want to host a screening of the other side of the hill, you heard how to reach out. I'll also put a link in the show notes. We highly recommend it. It's a great film and a great way to, to start a conversation in your own community. And Nick and Jim, I thank you not only for your willingness to give us more of your time here at Republic EN, but for everything that you're doing um, daily. Jim, I know you're retired, but you're still thinking about all this stuff every day. I'm sure you're well, retired. Retirement, and <laughs> means, you know, retirement means you work for free then, you know? Right, you know, right. <laughs> I'm glad Nick's there. I get to do these fun things, you know? <laughs> well, thank you so much for thank everything you. that you do. Thank Thanks, you. For, thanks for having us on. This was great. And we really appreciate the opportunity to, to speak with you. Thank you. So Price, whenever I talk to people that live in rural America, I just find the the difference in perspective both interesting, but also it's it feels good because we're really all thinking and wanting the same thing. We just have different approaches. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to engage rural America in <clears throat> clean energy, renewable energy, climate change, because these issues are going to impact them as much as it impacts anyone else. Yeah, I think more. that I always get the, not the impression, but I feel like we, when you hear from r rural America and the heartland, you really hear from where the rubber is meeting the road oftentimes mm -hmm. because, you know, they, they're not shielded by corporations with bottom line or, it, it, I mean, it literally is, you know, let's, you know, let's say take farmers, for instance, if they have like, you know, just locally here, I mean, a late freeze, I mean, it devastates like a peach crop industry and it can yeah. devastate their entire economic you know, framework of what they may have had budgeted, what they were set to do that year in terms of, uh, you know, sales and everything. I mean, it can totally knock you off the horse. And there really is not a lot of recourse a lot of times. And especially with climate change, where it has such a, it's, you know, there are ebbs and flows, sure, but it's just having a, it really the trajectory is the same. And it's not well, good. Well, right. It's farmers and crop yields. It's, um, and wildfires, which impacts the foresters, obviously, as well. And 
So yeah, in a way, the climate impacts that they face are some of the most dangerous that we see. And so to see the level of cooperation that Jim and Nick have assembled in the Lake County community where they <clears throat> live, and to hear when Nick said that other communities across the U.S. are reaching out to them to take on, you know, looking curious about their model for how they brought people together. I, mm -hmm. That makes me feel good because it really takes action from all of us. It does. It does. And it was awesome to hear from them again, because if you want to check out the film, The Other Side of the Hill, you can do that online, www.othersideofthehillmovie.com. Check it out there. I know that you can uh, leave Vimeo. You can uh, watch it there. Uh, Chelsea, I know there's a couple other places where you yeah, can watch it. And they it's really encourage you to host a viewing, too. Mm -hmm. So. You know, now that we're able to get back together and stuff, have a few people over. It's 30 minutes. It is not yeah. a big commitment, but it's really moving and powerful. And so um, or you could check out our webinar. We have our webinar, the Q&A. We watched the movie together and then had Q&A. And you can find that on our website as well. Yep. Other side of the hill, exploring the impacts of climate change in rural eastern Oregon. All right. Um, speaking of, I want to thank some of those who have uh, have joined on with us, Chelsea. So we, we tell you every week, uh, we'd love for you to stand with us. Republican.org forward slash join. Leanne T in Ohio. Darlene A in New York. Susan H in South Carolina. Jeffrey H in Connecticut. And Robert M, Robin M in North Carolina. A lot out in this neck of the woods, not so much out in Oregon. So thanks to them for standing with us. And um, we also appreciate everybody listening, uh, downloading, subscribing to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your, your podcast, just search Eco Right Speaks and hit that subscribe button. And while you're at it, give us a review, which I would like to read one now, Chelsea. Oh, please. This, this review from Kevin. Uh, Iowa Wind Engineer gives us five stars. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. So glad that there are fellow Republicans out here willing to stand up for climate action. Let's make this mainstream put a price on carbon and the market will do the rest. Uh, we're not in church, Chelsea, but uh, all I can do is, is give an amen to Kevin on that. That is awesome. I love to see that and hear that. And so, um, you know, just also a reminder to our listeners that while we will be in your ears next week on um, oh my gosh, you know, it is almost Thanksgiving price. Um, we'll be in your ears. Um, actually not next week. Gosh, see, I'm like so stunned. The month of November is basically gone. We are taking two weeks off is what I'm trying to say listeners. So we will not be in your ears, November 23rd or November 30th. We wish you and your families very well for Thanksgiving. We will be back, however, on December 7th, our regular day, Tuesdays. We always drop new episodes on Tuesdays. And I'm pretty excited for our guests that we're going to have on Tuesday, December 7th. Um, Renee Lertzman is um, um, someone who came to us via Rich Tao, who was an early guest in season two, I believe. She's an internationally recognized thought leader and advisor. She has a TED talk on how to deal with climate anxiety. And so I'm pretty excited to talk to her. I think, you know, she does trainings and workshops and talks about this all over the world. So um, really, I feel like I need it. I'm hoping it's like climate therapy for me. Well, yeah, we will take a little bit of a break, uh, but then we will be coming to you right uh, start of December. Then we will my birthday take a month, Price, my birthday month. 
uh, we will sing happy birthday. I don't know if it'll be the Boehner birthday song or which version you will get. You will you will definitely get birthday cheers from us. <laughs> that is for sure. And we will also be, unfortunately, bidding adieu to uh, Win Lee uh, from our Republican.org yeah. team. More on that later. Uh, just we, We're obviously advertising for a position right now, which uh, you can go onto our website, Republican.org. But um, we will have a lot more on, on when here a little bit later um, as we get a little bit closer and the tears really start flowing. They flowed before and they're really mm-hmm. going to start flowing as we get closer. Yeah, it's going to be a hard one. Hard one. Yeah. Hard to say goodbye to our friend when, but we know that she is off to a very important job um, being a mom to her yes. toddler. And so we wish her well, but more none of that now. She still has no, like a right. good seven weeks with us. So we are going to <laughs> be talking to her as much as we can in those seven weeks and listeners as price said if you um have creative ability we're looking for kind of a jack of all trades director of digital engagement so community outreach but you got to be able to make us a nice um slide or meme or you know have that creative side as well and public engagement um the job announcement is posted on our website and we are currently taking applications and interviewing candidates so and I'd be remiss as we start creeping closer to the end of 2021, just to let uh, listeners know as we look ahead to you know the new year. Um, if you're interested in having a member of our team, Bob Inglis, you have any kind of events, um, you know, panels, anything that you're interested in, in having us be a part of. If it's a, if you're a professor and you like um, a class speaker virtually, uh, we're starting to get back out on the road. It's Hopefully we don't see this fourth wave uh, materialize over the holidays uh, with COVID-19. Um, we will you know, do what we can, certainly, in the first of the year uh, to participate in any kind of events that you might be interested in having, you know, a conservative perspective on climate change and, and carbon pricing on. We would love to, to work with you, so drop me a line, price at republican.org. Um, if you are interested in any kind of events in programming coming up in 2022, Chelsea, but that will do it for now. Um, I want to say just real quick, I know um, last week was Veterans Day, but want to thank all the veterans out there uh, that have served and, and those uh, who are also in harm's way currently, our nation's finest. Uh, thank you to all who have served and are currently serving in our nation's military uh, as we celebrated Veterans Day last week on Thursday, November the 11th. That's right. So November going by blink of an eye prize soon we're going to be wishing our friends thanksgiving happy thanksgiving all right that'll do it thanks to everybody for listening this week chelsea will do it again very soon but until we talk again we'll see you then thanks for listening to this week's edition of the eco right speaks podcast brought to you by the team at republicen.org Make sure to visit republicen.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local eco-right leader. 